United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. The U.S. government personnel having been evacuated from Sudan amid the violence, the embassy has now been shuttered. We heard from Senator Chris Coons earlier on Face Nation about the Sudan embassy evacuation. But even more, there has been conversations surrounding what's happening. And um, one of the things that he said was the Sudan warring factions will fight to the finish. This is a country that for 30 years was under the brutal dictatorship of Omar al-Bashir. It was on the state sponsor of terrorism list. We don't have uh, deep relationships with the Sudanese military uh, or with the paramilitary force, the RSF. We have some leverage in that we provide development assistance, humanitarian relief. Uh, But frankly, these two warring factions uh, have started what may well be a fight to the finish. Uh, And we may have limited leverage uh, in the next couple of weeks and months as they carry out a fight to see who will ultimately be in control of the security of Sudan. Joining me now to talk more about this is the director of Africa programs at the United States Institute of Peace, Susan Stegan. Welcome to the program. How are you? Uh, Thanks for having me on. I'm fine. Thanks. I'm glad that you're joining us. Help us to better understand a little bit of the context in the history of why this conflict and why now? Well, um, the fighting broke out uh, a week ago Saturday between the Sudan Armed Forces and the Rapid Support Forces. Uh, these these two uh, security entities were actually working together uh, in partnership. Um, they had collectively overthrown the civilian government uh, back in October of 2021. Uh, And negotiations have been happening over the last 18 months to figure out a pathway back towards a civilian government. Uh, Progress had been made in some ways, uh, but over the last month and a half, uh, it became clear that the core questions about the structure of the security sector, the integration um, of these forces, who would be in charge, Um, and what powers the different security leaders would have in a new dispensation, a new government. Um, This was really at the core uh, of the conflict. And uh, 10 days ago, we saw this, um, saw very clearly that the security leaders uh, didn't have confidence in the political process um, and are now in a logic where they believe that the show of force and violence is the best way to get the best deal for, for themselves. Do you foresee, I mean, the fact this has been a week long already of the heavy fighting and there has been you know, hundreds at least of deaths within the suspension of our embassy and the evacuation of personnel and, and their families. Do you have a sense of what will change course? It's a it's a very worrying situation um, the, because the fighting has been in the capital um, as well as other urban centers civilians have been caught in the middle of this fighting. Uh, People haven't had electricity, they haven't had water, they haven't had access to basic services. And so uh, I'm deeply concerned about the humanitarian crisis that is developing. Uh, We've seen tens of thousands of people trying to move to safety uh, and the pressure on the areas where they're moving to inside and outside of the country um, is soon going to become unbearable for those communities. And I think in the, the medium term, we, we know uh, that the United States and its partners was able to exercise the leverage to allow safe passage of the U.S. Embassy staff. Uh, and I think that's the type of engagement that's needed to get uh, a, a halt to the fighting 
so that these urgent humanitarian issues can, can be addressed. So there's a power struggle, obviously, at the center of the fighting. I mean, the the, the rapid, su- rapid support force, I think you said, they have a pretty controversial past. Is that right? They do, yes. Uh, many of their, your listeners may, may remember that during the, the genocide in Darfur, um, there was a force called the Janjaweed. Um, and uh, the rapid support forces sort of grew out of that same force uh, and became a uh, legalized paramilitary group uh, that has has really developed incredible power and strength, not just in terms of its military reach, um, also its uh, business holdings, um, primarily by, by the, the head of, of the RSF, uh, General Hemeti, um, as well as its, its role in both leading regional relations and some of the international relations. Uh, so it's an, it's an incredibly powerful um, grouping and uh, I think perhaps underestimated in terms of, of its ability to, to, have a, a, to shape the outcome of what things will look like in Sudan. In terms of these two rival groups and rival um, leaders who are battling for power, do you get a sense of are these quite distinct in terms of their approaches? Is there one that the, the United States and other of our allies are um, are going to support, have support, will back in the future? Um, I, I think it's a, it's a very good question, and I'm worried that we, we might get, get caught in the trap uh, that um, – we're trying to choose between between one over the other. At the end of the day, uh, there's there's a third voice here, and that is um, civilians and Sudanese people. Uh, and there are political leaders. There are there's incredible organization in communities um, that that is really the response right now that's providing assistance to to citizens. Uh, and so my. I would be cautious about trying to pick one over the other because both have shown um, that they don't have commitment to political dialogue to peaceful means. Um, so the, the first the first priority is to to really silence those guns, um, but to remember that there's there's a different frame and a different approach to, to thinking about the future political dispensation in in Sudan. Who's supporting? I mean, the the idea of having these conflicts and having um, the the power and the arms and the might to be able to do so. Do they have? Do are are there other countries that are supporting one side or the other? Well, something we're watching really closely is how some of the neighboring countries engage, um, particularly over the coming days when. Uh, both the Sudan Armed Forces and the Rapid Support Forces will start to start to run short of supplies. Um, so historically, um, Egypt has been very close to the Sudan Armed Forces. Um, there's uh, public um, articles talking about the Rapid Support Forces relationships with with other countries in the region, um, and I, I I think that really the message to to neighbors um, from the United States, but also from leaders uh, in, in Africa needs to be uh, stay out, don't respot, resupply, uh, ensure that there is a serious way to stop the violence and, and address this, this serious humanitarian catastrophe. I know you've, that Egypt, I believe, and South Sudan have even offered to mediate, but I'm, obviously it's, it's been not been successful at this juncture. What should the United States policy be? I mean, it's obviously hard to dictate with all the nuance you've spoken about today, but what should be the what would be the most impactful threat by the United States government here? Anything? 
Well, I, I think the, the first priority is to move as quickly as possible to uh, provide support to the humanitarian response. Um, and so right right now, there's there's a bit of a logic of everybody's running away from the crisis for, for safety. Um, at the same time, there is mobilization, I think, further mobilization to get uh, humanitarian resources, medical supplies, um, food, water uh, into Sudan. Uh, and the United States uh, plays an important role in that. Um, and then I think the second is to really end the fighting uh, and to do so in a way that that ensures that uh, Sudanese citizens and civilians are centered. Uh, sometimes we, we create the impression that uh, people have to pick one side or the other. Uh, and I think, I think there's an important third way in, in this discussion. The humanitarian efforts and crisis here, um, just unbelievable to think about. And we don't even know the, I, I suspect, the full scope of what is happening at this juncture. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.